welcome to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I am your host, Elizabeth Connor. I'm your host, Thomas Dempsey. And uh, that sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny how we sound so good this week. (laughs) Yeah, this is uh, for the first time since our very first episode, we are recording in the same room together. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. Oh, goodness. That's it. Like, we did that, then we... I uh, tried video chatting for a while. It was just an utter... That was a nightmare. Yeah, it was so such a... Uh, I just about canceled a recording one time because the video chat was going so bad. Like, Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. And but, like I had a bad... Like I had an attitude. Like it was bad. Yeah. But we got through it and that was a good episode. I don't even remember which one it was. I don't remember which one it was. I just remember at the end of it you being like, that was pretty good. I'm amazed yeah. we made it this far. Nice. Yeah. Uh... But and then we just started doing it over the phone, which is so much easier. Yeah, and uh, although I will say, l- listening to I'm um, being conscious of other podcasts now that we're doing one, I'm always worried that the uh, back and forth is a little too um, spread out because it's it seems like people are practically talking over each other whenever you listen to shows on like more established shows, I guess. Right, but see that gets on my nerves. Really. I can't stand that. I, 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 but I'm just kind of that way about conversation in general. Like I listen, I like to listen to one person at a time. I don't like for, I don't like to listen to people talk over one another. I don't like for people to talk over me. I refuse to talk over other people. Yeah. I, I have a big hang up about interruptions as well. Although that's largely just ingrained, um, from my workplace. It's a very much like an interruption heavy environment. Yeah. And for a while there, it just got being got to be uncanny. Wherein, whenever a conversation was happening, I'd be in like doing something, and if ever I tried to jump into a conversation, something would happen that would pull me away from it. Mm-hmm. So that's just uh, gets to be interminable. I'm okay, like in in work situations where it's like you two, like you and a coworker are talking, and then like something happens, so you've got to leave the conversation. Like I'm fine with that, mm. but. I guess it's just between, like, if you're just sitting there having a conversation and you are trying to say the point that you were making and then someone jumps on top of you, that drives me nuts. And that's funny because I'm a teacher and kids interrupt each other and me all day long. Yeah. But, um, anyway, that, uh, won't be so much problem us being here now. Did you get a shower? No. Okay. Your hair just looked a little wet. It's dirty. Oh, okay. Thanks for pointing that out. For the listeners at home. Uh, <laughs> I need to get a shower still, too. Uh, it's been so hot lately. It's like every day I'm just soaked with sweat. Yeah, I don't go outside. Well, unless no, I have to. That's great for you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think some. I think mom or somebody said that the temperature was supposed to break 100 today. Or at the very least got up in the 90s. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, it's just been a whole thing. But uh, anyway, yeah, we're here now. I, uh, it's a birthday week here in the residence. Uh, our parents have their birthdays one week apart from each other. So last weekend we celebrated our dads. Uh, this weekend we're celebrating our moms. And uh, and, and Andrews. And, and Andrew, yeah, one of Elizabeth's uh, uh, stepkids has a birthday this weekend, same day as our mom. So uh, he's not here. No, but, he's not. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be. But we'll we'll see him on his birthday. Yeah, that'll be good. 
Uh, and his gift from us is, of course, a shout out on this podcast. Hello, Christopher. Wrong kid. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. <laughs> nephews dude i was honestly hoping i'd get the names wrong because (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what it is early on for some reason i got it in my head that christopher was a strange name for a kid that young (laughs) like i could see a little kid being named andrew but christopher i don't know it just seems too erudite how old was christopher when y'all met he was well he was 13 when i came into the picture so i mean and I didn't probably didn't meet him until a good long until after good while until after, after fact, me yeah. and Brian got engaged. So he was fourteen when y'all met. Okay. Yeah. You know he still brings up the story. He still loves to talk about the story about the two of y'all like driving into town. Oh. And you being like and like nobody saying anything, and you being like, so is there something you need to talk about? And he's <laughs> like, no. And you go, oh, okay. I was concerned that there was a certain social obligation that I was not fulfilling. <laughs> and he thought it was a joke. So he's laughing and he turns and looks at you. And you, th- I mean, there's no smile. There's no laugh. You are staring straight ahead at the road. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, Christopher was like, my brand new uncle is going to drive me out into the middle of a cornfield and kill me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess that'll... I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. Well, you're not going to kill him, are you? No, I wasn't planning on it. Okay, then. But now I, it sounds like there's some pressure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, oh, goodness sakes. Oh, okay. I just saw... Flash started licking the back of the cow? Is what is she, she's yeah, licking something. She's licking the back of the couch. Violet's taught her some bad habits. Oh, that ain't good. I thought she was jerking her head back and forth. I thought she was about to throw up. No, she's licking the couch. Okay. Oh, so Violet's the dog. Yeah. My dog. Yeah, Flash is a cat. Mom and Dad's cat. Yeah. So so that solves that mystery. Um <laughs> Yeah, so this has been a pretty nice day, travel-wise, work-wise, weather-wise. Got new tires for the car. Nice. Yep. And, uh, well, not. So, uh, yeah, we're just basically getting into it. Um, anything else non-book-related you want to talk about? I'm going back to work on Monday. Oh, that's right, yeah. Summer break's over for me. Oof. I tell you. I mean, of course, you're on that block schedule now, that'll... Well, it's modified year-round. Yeah. So, you'll have uh, more time off in the autumn and other seasons to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And, hey, I can always come up that way to hang out more. Yeah. Yeah. So, that'll be good. Anyway, uh, we're talking books this week. And uh, I've not really followed through on my commitment to read more. I uh, finished the book for my challenge. Good. And that's it. I started another book yesterday, and I expect to have it done soon. I think moving forward, my plan is going to be just to read a bunch of small books. Uh Uh-huh. Because especially early on in the year, I was just, like, knocking out, like, four or five books a week. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were all really short, like 100 
odd pages. So I'm going to try and collect a few of those at the library and what have you and uh, just load up on those. And uh, in the meantime though, we've got uh, Elizabeth's reading to catch up on. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to? So I read a book. Awesome! <laughs> in the two weeks. But that's because I have gotten back into uh, webtoons. Right, okay. I just, I just feel like, you know... I feel like I've kind of like fixed the reading fatigue because I just, whenever I start to feel that reading fatigue with like a normal book, I just like take a break from normal books and then I read a whole bunch of webtoons and then I get tired of those because I get overly visually stimulated and yeah. then I go back to books. Yeah. I'll tell you what happens with me. Most of what I read is manga and the majority, pretty much all of it, is uh, black and white. Mm -hmm. So now whenever I go to read a graphic novel, like a few weeks back, the uh, new... Uh, Adventure Zone graphic novel from the mm -hmm. McElroy's uh, was uh, put out to stores. Picked that up, started reading it. It's it's almost like I'm overly sensitive to that style of illustration because, mm -hmm. like with manga, it's like very like no not a lot of colors. Uh, in a lot of cases, the paneling is very sparse mm -hmm. as far as like de detail is concerned. Whereas a lot of graphic novels, especially if they're uh, colorized, will have just like a very high like uh, data concentration. Mm -hmm. So um, it all, I haven't even managed to get past the first couple of pages. I mean, I'm looking forward to reading it, but uh, it's just something I'm going to have to get back around to. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, uh, knowing that we're sort of more on an e even keel uh, sort of uh, sounds good. So uh, why don't you tell us about what you've been up to? Okay, so I'm gonna get I'm gonna do the book last, and then so I'll talk about the webtoons now. Okay. Um, so I've just been using the the webtoon app. Yes. Um, to read and kind of what I've been doing is I've been really looking for series that have a a huge backlog and just tearing through it in uh, like two days or yeah. so. So um, the ones that I've been reading. I mean, I've been reading a couple of like new-ish ones sure. too, but the the one that I just finished, I mean, it's like a hundred and forty something, like episodes. All right. And how often do they release? Uh, this particular one releases once a week. Okay, so it's been on for a little over three years. Yeah. Um. So it is called Weak Hero. Okay. And it's a little bit different than the normal, like, webtoons I read. Because the webtoons I read tend to be very, like, kind of, you know, shoujo, yeah, romance, romance sure. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this one is, it still takes place at a high school. Uh, there's no romance in it at all. And it very, and it follows the life stories of four boys. I guess the main character is a boy named Gray Yeon. Mm -hmm. And, um... He's new to the school. Nobody knows where he came from. He didn't come from any of like the local middle schools that could feed into this high school. Yeah. And he's very small. He's kind of weak looking. Sure. He's got a very pretty face. And, you know, they try to pick on him and bully him. And he just beats the crap out of people. All right. Like he is, um, that, uh, that's his story. So anyway, the, the whole series is about him and then these other three boys that go to his school and are in his year, uh, Gerard, Ben, and Alex. 
Okay. And they kind of begin to form the gang at their high school. Okay. Because the province that they live in um, is being run by a high school delinquent union. Yeah. Uh, but their high school is not included in that. Right. Is not included in the delinquent union. So the, 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 the story is basically like the relationship between these four boys, the, how their friendships grow, the backstories behind all of them. But then there's also, like, the politics of the union. Sure. And how, basically, kind of by accident, these four boys are taking, or inadvertently taken down the union. Oh, okay. All right. Now, I, um, I noticed those uh, character names you mentioned seem pretty Western. Yeah. Uh, now, the last names are not. So, oh, okay. So it's, like, Gray Yeon, um, Ben Park. Right. Alex Go and Gerard Jin. Okay. So, because for, I guess, listeners who don't know, uh, the whole thing with Webtoons is his uh, style, I guess, uh, popularized in South Korea. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that other countries, like, employ the style, but that's in the same way that, like, manga is very much like comics from Japan. Webtoons mm-hmm. is comics from South Korea. <laughs> and yeah. they all have this um, flow style to their publishing since they're uh, published... Uh, digitally primarily mm-hmm. so all the comics are designed to be read on your phone by just scrolling down mm-hmm. and so uh yeah so that was the big one i read that's probably the one with like the biggest library um and now i'm caught up with it okay so yeah uh the, the one that i really really like that's going on now is called homesick mm. and it takes place in like a dystopian present. Mm-hmm. Um, so this girl wakes up on top of a roof. She has lost all of her memories and she has a knife in her hand. Woohoo. And she doesn't know how she got there. She doesn't know her own name. Um, and there are these monsters that if you make eye contact with the monsters, they will come eat you. Oh no. Um, so anyway, she runs into another human and, and they are, Trying to stay alive, but she has yes a special sensitivity, I guess is what you would call it. Sure. Um, and it, it that, I think that is what's going to lead them on. It's a fairly new webtoon. It's only like ten episodes, like nine or ten episodes in okay. at this point. So we don't really know a whole whole lot of what's going on. Right. Okay. So that was the that was that's the one that I really really like so far. Um. So yeah, so I guess that's kind of it for my webtoons. I mean, I've been reading a couple others, but those were the two that I wanted to mention. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to get into the book that I read, the one book that I read. Nice. Hold on, I want to try something. Okay. Okay, I just needed to look at my voice on the waveform because the last little bit that I said looked like it was coming in pretty faint. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, the one book that I read uh, is called No Gentle Giant by Nicole Snow. Okay. And I've got a feeling that this book is part of a series just because the whole, like, during the entire story, you you keep being referred to these other pairings. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, I did not start at the beginning. Okay. Um, But this book takes place in, I think it's Montana. Montana. I think it's Montana. And it is about... Oh gosh, what's the girl's name? Daphne, Daisy, mm. I don't know. Okay. And she and, sounds great. Yeah, she's great. Like she's like she's quirky. She's got a messed up past. She thinks she doesn't deserve love. You know, awesome. 
awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, and and she ends up falling for this guy whose name is Alaska. Ah. <laughs> because he's from Alaska. <laughs> Cool. And he works on a construction crew, and that's just what happens when you work on a construction crew. Oh, okay. Um, and anyway, he has a teenage son, mm-hmm. and, th- and he, they they kind of all become a part of each other's lives because her dad was involved in some shady stuff. Yes. Um, and it had and the gang that he was like a runner for because mm-hmm. he had a pilot's license, so he would oh, like right. He would like take his little like dust cropper and, and yeah. like smuggle stuff to Canada and all sure. over. Um, so the gang that he worked for, the new head of the gang, is the daughter of the old head of the gang. She's off her antipsychotics Ooh. and she just shows up and like she tears up the girl's coffee shop that she owns. She breaks into her house and gives her dog dog toys. Um, okay. <laughs> it's all very, you know, there's a very nefarious, like, banana. Um, it's... <laughs> so anyway, there's, there's that book and it's, and it's really cute because it's like romance and a mystery. Like you get a little mm. bit of both. Nice. Um, Hallmark... What yeah, is it? Hallmark, Hallmark Murders and murder. Mysteries. Yeah, it's like that. Movies and Mysteries. Movies it's not and Mysteries. Very little murder on a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Even like, at, at, at most, it's like the inciting incident. Um, I feel like it, I feel like they could have adapted this book and it would go well on one of those channels. Sure, type channels. More, maybe more of a Lifetime sort of thing. Yeah, it, yeah, because it is a little edgy. Yeah. Like, Lifetime is where you have the edgy stuff. Sure. Because that's where they drink beer. Oh, yes. Get little and, and, like, make out. Oh. They don't do that on Hallmark movies. No, they just sip wine and make Christmas trees out of wheat. And Christmas cookies. Oh, yes. You cannot forget the Christmas cookies. No. And, and uh, the legendary great ancestral cookie cutters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> In the uh, Christmas light festival, <laughs> and the hot chocolate, uh, and the having your putting your sweater over your hands, and holding the cup of hot chocolate, and looking out wistfully over the cove on your beautiful uh, multi-million-dollar front porch of a house, and realizing you don't love your city slicker <laughs> husband. <laughs> I thought the city life was for me, and, but it's not. And you. Leave him for the guy who rents out elf costumes or whatever. <laughs> uh, we dunk because we love. It's been, uh, before the Olympics started, it's been Christmas in July on Hallmark. So it's just been nonstop, like, uh, like whatever, like, little, like, place that still snows. <laughs> oh, man. And speaking of the Olympics, that's going to bring us into... Our next our our challenge. Challenge. After the break. After the break. You should just let me do that. <laughs> and we're back from the break. Eventually, we're going to get around to putting some ads in these. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you're listening to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. We just got done listening to what Elizabeth has been reading the last couple weeks. And uh, before we jump into my uh, reading challenge, uh, I could drop off a couple of uh, tidbits of what I've been. Like I mentioned, I've been reading more manga. There was a, um, a good sale on the Bookwalker app the other weekend, so I picked up the 
next entries in a bunch of series that I'm following. Uh, one I'm into now, I've mentioned it before, Delicious in Dungeon. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, fantasy series that follows sort of like a classic D&D style adventuring party mm-hmm. down into this multi-tiered like underground kingdom mm-hmm. as they try to track down one of the adventurer's lost sister. And uh, the hook of the book is that one of the adventurers that they take down with them is a chef who specializes in cooking with monster uh, ingredients. So they will encounter all, encounter and fight off all these fantasy creatures in the dungeon. And then once they've defeated them, this guy will, like, chop them up and cook with them. And sort of loosely basing it off of, like, real life if, like recipes and uh, cooking techniques will create this food for them to survive. Because part of the urgency of the book is that in order to get back down into the dungeon in time to rescue the sister... They don't have time to stock up on supplies. Hmm. And uh, it's the sort of, like, high-concept story that starts off pretty brisk and, like, monster of the week mm-hmm. kind of telling. But then as it goes on, you start introducing other bands of adventurers, and you get a, a, a better sense of the political situation and the, like, the land outside of the dungeon and um, in the surrounding kingdoms. And basically it just becomes, like, this big sprawling sort of fantasy story in addition to being like all the other stuff that it's sort of selling itself on okay yeah so i'd really recommend it but uh oh the uh, other one and i may have even read this one before our last episode but i didn't think to discuss it there's this uh, manga author named uh uh here i just i brought his name up just to look at Oh, goodness sakes. Okay, it's by Tatsuki Fujimoto. He's got a big series out now called Chainsaw Man, about a guy who can turn into chainsaws. It's very good. <laughs> and, uh, but um, he recently put out a one-shot, which is like a standalone comic story. It's like 150-something pages long. And they published it on the uh, this manga app for free. I mean, you have to have the subscription. Mm-hmm. And it's called Look Back. And it's about these two young girls, one who's like writes comics for her school newspaper, and then one day a student who attends the school remotely but never leaves their home mm-hmm. uh, starts submitting artwork to be published alongside hers. And uh, after some like uh, reservations, the two start working together on comics and then like get a publishing deal with like a uh, big comics producer but then go their separate ways as like one of them wants to pursue like an art education in the arts and uh it just gets very emotional mm-hmm. and uh i mean i don't want to give too much beyond that but for as like over the top and sort of like intense as something like chainsaw man is this story is like a lot more intimate and grounded mm-hmm uh, not that Chainsaw Man does it. Look, I'm going to have occasion to talk about Chainsaw Man a lot more in the future. <laughs> but I don't want to just, like, lay it all out on the table right now. So mm-hmm. instead, I'm just going to recommend you go read Look Back, again, by Tetsuki, Tetsuki Fujimoto. And uh, and t- that will leave me to discuss the book I read for my challenge today. Okay. All right. So for those who recall... My challenge, as assigned by Elizabeth, was to read a book about sports. Mm -hmm. And it being the Olympics, I wanted to read a book about 
some Olympic athletes or some Olympic game. And uh, the book I uh, found is called The Three-Year Sw Swim Club by Julie Checkaway. It is the, to quote the subtitle, Untold True Story of Maui's Sugar Ditch Kids and Their Quest for Olympic Glory. So the story begins uh, back in like the early 1930s and uh, stars uh, this, uh, this Japanese, or he's a, a Japanese uh, descendant, like American-born citizen named uh, Seichi uh, Soichi Sakamoto and oh okay we're getting off base because I think the uh, the Serena Williams movie just yeah that's it it's okay. King Richard it's this it's the doc documentary about uh, the the Venus the the Williams twins or not they're no not they're twins. not twins they're, they're just sisters. sisters the Williams sisters tennis uh, backstory, and uh, Will Smith is the dad. So that looks like it'll be fun. Will Smith hadn't been in anything in a while. Last thing I remember seeing him in was Suicide Squad. What do you recall? I'm sure he's done other stuff. I, I think just... he's been in Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 3, yes. That was the number one movie of 2020, because it was the only major blockbuster, apart from like Birds of Prey, to get a full theatrical release before everything shut oh, down. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it was like the only film to make over a hundred million domestic. So, yeah. So, so what do I know? Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, three-year swim club. So this coach, uh, Soichi Sakamoto, I'm probably butchering the name. I could look it up. Uh, was uh, this uh, grade school teacher on the island of Maui in Hawaii. Maui in Hawaii. <laughs> the Hawaii. Yeah. And uh, he was teaching kids who were um, these the children of sugar plantation workers. Mm -hmm. And so... Essentially, this is a book about the origins of modern, like, like competitive swimming. Because it just lays out how much... Of like what we now take for granted as what is required of a professional like Olympic level swimmer mm -hmm. was codified. <laughs> so like before this uh, point in history, uh, competitive swimmers didn't train; they just competed. Mm. So they there was very little in the way of exercise. Okay. And in fact, some people actually believe that like strenuous activity was bad for them because it wore them out. Okay. So, it, it's it sounds cynical, but in a very real way, a lot of the ground this guy was breaking came in the form of, what if I had my athletes exercise and train, and also just like experimenting with different styles of swimming, like figuring out how specific athletes need with different physique onomies like builds and what have you mm -hmm. needed to move through the water in order to get their speed up so uh he starts working with all these uh grade school kids basically and uh in 1937 he establishes the three-year swim club with the intent of having some of his students qualify for the olympics in 1940 which 
if you know your history, didn't work out. <laughs> so, uh... Didn't quite happen. Right. So it follows this coach, and it follows a lot of his students. Um, the three, like, big ones are Kiyo Nakama, uh, Halo Hiroshi, and, um... Uh, Bill Smith Jr. And all three of these, the first two were, like uh, Sakamoto, um, American-born Japanese descendants. Uh-huh. And Bill Smith Jr., I believe, was uh, Native Hawaiian. Okay. But of, like, uh, of uh, descent. Um, so, anyway. And you just really get a great sense of, like, the, the uh, global and uh, American culture at the time. Uh, you you learn about like what all these different athletes experienced in their travels and uh with as history changed around them uh of course uh what i alluded to before with world war ii breaking out a lot of these athletes wound up getting enlisted Mm -hmm. and uh having to serve overseas and uh the whole thing culminates with uh the the austerity games or the 48 Olympics, mm-hmm. which they finally uh, get a couple of athletes in. And I won't spoil it for anybody, but um, it's uh, very inspiring. I could see maybe a docuseries or some sort of dramatic retelling, long form. Mm-hmm. I don't know that uh, you'd have to pull a lot of like like threads together to condense it down into something like a movie Mm -hmm. but uh there are like a lot of really interesting like moments in time because i the like world war ii surprisingly doesn't really happen until very late in the book like the majority of it is from like the 1930s up till right before and then uh you'll get like america entering the war um the um uh, Japanese internment camps mm-hmm. and uh, the soldiers going off to fight in the war post-war and then it kind of like quickly speeds up from like 45 to 48 mm-hmm. but um, but before that you get all these great like historical accounts of like various uh, legendary swimmers and uh, like Hawaiian culture uh, cross-pollination with Japanese culture, all these different uh, uh, like cultural events going on throughout the 30s. And, um, yeah, I just... I wound up enjoying it not more than I would have thought. I was kind of thrown initially by the voice of the writing. Uh, it, it seemed a bit more uh, showy. Than I guess uh, I was expecting, but it, you do adapt to it, and it's like very engaging and accessible. So I was uh, sort of uh, got into the groove of it, and I was a bit surprised to find that this was only slightly longer than something like Network Effect. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about word counts in a little bit, but it did take me a, a bit longer than I intended to finish this, and. Uh, I don't know if it was just like something about the uh, uh, the uh, like nonfiction quality of it. Even though I I tend to find that nonfiction goes by fairly quickly for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the uh, the deal is there, but um, yeah, that's just uh, what I've been up. That's the that's the three year swim club. Uh, read the whole thing. 
Let me ask you a question. Okay. When it comes to reading nonfiction, where do you stand on, uh, like, notes? Like, uh, like author's notes, uh, citations, what have you? Um, when I read, when I read my nonfiction book for my nonfiction challenge, uh, I only included the body of the text. I did not include the citations or anything. Sure. Um, now also my book did not have any footnotes. Okay. So I think, I think if you have a book that uses footnotes, well, your book's automatically going to be longer. And then we already do the, um, we already do the rule where you subtract the number of chapters by the page count. Sure. So I think that kind of helps take care of that for yeah. accuracy. Um, but if you have a book that does its references, like it, what I think to be normal, where you just cite the author of the work and the title, and you know, yeah, you know, a citation, yeah, um, that does a normal in-text citation, and then it has your citations at the back, then I don't think that the citations should be yeah. included. Well. Uh, I agree, and I uh, factored it as such with this book, even though the citations in this one, like the selection notes, the section notes section, which is about like 25 or so pages in the back of the book, uh, it's very, like, pro, like it's written almost in a prose style. Mm -hmm. Like, it is the author going through and, le like, explicitly stating, like, how each source was come by and how it was employed. So you'll get some sequences of, like, expounding on a certain source that goes beyond just, like, saying this is what this is from or this is who said what. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I know. It, it Like, the author implies that the book was, like, a five-year project. Uh-huh. And that's presuming they were doing other stuff in the meantime. But all the same, that's a long time to be writing a book. And uh, a lot of the... Um, research they conducted was like interviews with the actual athletes mm -hmm. like even though this was all back in the 30s and 40s like some at the start of the uh book writing research process like i think uh several athletes uh, several of them were still in their 80s mm -hmm. like for instance one of those swimmers i mentioned i think it was uh kiyo nakama mm -hmm. he only passed away in 2011 oh wow right so he was at the age of like 91 and uh, that their coach uh, passed away at the same age, like back in 90, 99, I want to mm -hmm. say. So the, a lot of these people lived to a ripe old age. And, uh, yeah, so it, it was just, like, really interesting mm -hmm. to know that, like, a lot of these stories that you're hearing came from firsthand accounts. Yeah, and, you know... Uh, when, like when I was in grad school and I was having to like learn about, cause I did a qual my thesis was done with qualitative research. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to do, you know, that involves talking to people Yes. and there is, in, there is part of qualitative research is you have to take into account like the setting in which the interview was conducted, the time of day, the interview was conducted, hmm. um, you know, what is your, the person that you are interviewing, what's going on in their life at the time of the interview. Yeah. And I think that would be especially prevalent or especially something you need to keep in mind if you, if your subjects are older. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 
So, you know, you've got, like, you, you're interviewing people who are in their 80s and 90s. Like, those are things you have to... So then, yeah, I would probably want to document, like, that. Like, at the time of interview one, this is what was happening at the time of interview two. Sure. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. Yeah, no. So... All right, well, that's, that's uh, my book for the week. And I uh, think that brings us to word counts. Uh, you got your totals all added up? Yep. All right, you want to lead us off? Yeah, so uh, with my one book yes. that I read, um, because we are not uh, including the, we're not including word totals from like webtoons or manga or anything, just because that's hard. Yes. Um, also, it'd be weirdly small. Yeah, it, it would be. Yeah. So, my word count is currently up to 5,153,876. Uh, and how many words was in the book? The book that I read? Yes. Uh, 45,240. Okay. Well, I've actually got a gain on you then, because uh, my book came out to a word total of... 119,516 words. Bringing my word total up to two million five hundred seventy-six thousand nine hundred thirty-two. All right, so I'm still a good ways behind, but I'm uh, catching up, and I aim to do more so, especially now that a little certain somebody's going to be having their attention split between their fiduciary obligations to their children and <laughs> education system. Yeah, I'm gonna get you. You're going to get me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's uh, just about everything, but we do have another reading challenge to be issued. That we do. Okay, let's have at it. All right, so it is, well, at least for me, I know for some people it won't happen for at least another month, um, but for me it is back to school season. Mm. And back to school season means English class. Oh, <laughs> Wow. I don't know why I was on the edge of my seat for that. <laughs> I did I did that lead in pretty convincingly. Yeah, no. <laughs> um so your challenge is you've got to read one of my three favorite books from high school. Okay. I like that. And you you've you've probably read I don't know, you've probably read some of them. All right, well, let's uh... All right, so you get to choose. Okay. And you have to choose among these three books. Right. Wuthering Heights. Read it. Well, so if you choose that one, you got to reread it. Sure. Okay. Um, Siddhartha. Okay. And The Color Purple. Okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to be Siddhartha. 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 By Herman Hess. Hesh. Herman. Okay. Okay, alright. Well, I'll be getting into it then. Alrighty. And, uh, yeah. So that's my... Ch the challenge has been set down. Uh, we have our marching orders. Elizabeth, it's been great doing with this uh, in person. Mm-hmm. You might just have to make the drive every couple weeks <laughs> every to... Every couple weeks to do this. Yeah, because I don't know that I can go back. <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, yeah. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can find us so you can find us um, on social media you can find us at Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Your Words Podcast you can also find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com and I feel like oh we have a web uh, web 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 e e 
<laughs> email uh, yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so we don't you... really have. Sorry. No, no, no. Oh, so if you have uh, recommendations for things we should read or if you have questions for us, please feel free to email us there. Yeah. That's a thing you can do. Well, some things never change. Nope. Bye. Bye.